You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What's up, everybody? How you all doing? I hope you guys had a great week. I really did. We're up here in, in beautiful Quebec, Montreal, Canada. We just got slammed with 30 plus centimeters of snow. It is beautiful out. It is a wonderful place if you don't have a car and you don't have to park it anywhere and you just have to go walk and enjoy the beautiful white tapestry that is surrounding my city. It is really nice. Uh, today on the podcast, Vox and Hot episode number 20. Um, very proud that I've hit number 20 already. Uh, it's going well. I have uh, a bunch of uh, new episodes that I've been recording this week, uh, new interviews, first interviews that I've actually recorded in 2019. I'm uh, stoked to, to share all this new content with you guys. Uh, today on the podcast, I have uh, the last of my series from the Hell Over Europe 2 tour. Today I'm with Lynn Jeffs, the drummer of Ingested. Uh, he was my last uh, interview, as I said, on the Hell Over Europe 2 tour. We had a great pint of ale at The Knots, which is a craft beer bar in Manchester in the UK. It was uh, one of the last shows of the, the before last show of the Hell Over Europe tour. And it was a crazy, crazy night. The crowd was off the hook at the Rebellion in Manchester. Can't wait to get myself back there to play a show like that again. It was I've, insane. Insane is all I have to say. My beer of the week uh, from uh, Friday, February 8th to Friday 15th is and has to be because I've just I've found myself purchasing so many of them was from Espace Public. Uh, they just released a nice little IPA called Trampette Tropical. It is a delicious uh, New England style IPA. Uh, beautiful hazy color. Uh, it just has the right um, hints of bitterness. It is uh, hoppy. It is delicious. It is fruity. It is tropical. It is extremely drinkable. It came out last week and I, I must have bought at least <laughs> five to seven cans of this uh, to share with people, but I, I just found myself just, I kept picking it up to, to share it with more people because I just think it's so good. So Matt's Beer of the Week this week is Trampet Tropical IPA from Espace Public. I strongly suggest you guys go out and find it before I find them all. So sit back, enjoy, crack yourself open a beer, enjoy Vox and Hops episode number 20 with Lynn Jeffs from Ingested. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Here we are, Vox and Hops episode number 20. I'm sitting down at the Knot in Manchester with Lynn. What's your last name, Lynn? Jeffs. Lynn Jeffs, the drummer of Ingested. We're here on the Terrorvision UK tour, which is uh, the ending of the Hell Over Europe 2 tour. I feel like I've been on tour for a long time. But Me it's, too. It's, <laughs> it's, it's almost laughable in comparison to what you've been doing. So, so explain to people how long you've been on tour yeah, this so, year. So we, we started a US tour um, on October 19th. Um, which was our, I think, third US tour of the year. Um, we kind of linked it up with um, Television UK, uh, which started, uh, I can't remember now, 26th of November, I think. Sure. Something like that. Something like that. Anyway, we had, we had like a day or two in, in between, but obviously there were flying days. Um, and then this is actually finishing tomorrow, and then we're heading straight out up to Belgium. And then we've got another two weeks in Europe, so. Yeah. You guys have been really, really fucking busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
It's been fun. A lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot of beers. So, <laughs> speaking of beers, what are we drinking? It's a pale ale. The Wander Beyond Peak. It is a an ale. Yeah. And for people ale. that don't uh, understand what ales are, uh, they have the casks in the basement, and they hand pump them up into your... Yeah, exactly. So, so British ale is a little bit different to um, American craft ale. Um, I mean, mainly the difference between ale and lager is, is, is the temperature is brewed up, um, which obviously a lot of people do know anyway. Um, so it is served at slightly below room temperature. Um, it's flat. Um, there's a slight creamy head on it, which you only really get in the north of England, really. And if you go down to London, you actually don't get really much head on it. It's just bubbles and very, very, very flat. Um, so the beers in the north of England are actually generally a little bit creamier and a little bit nicer. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a typical pale ale. Let's try it. Cheers. Cheers, man. Yeah, see the flavors there. That's very typical. Yeah. Very hoppy. Very hoppy, nice. Uh, Not too much But the flatness will like changes, you know, my, yeah. my perception of the beer automatically. Yeah. I'd be like, something's wrong with this beer. Yeah. But it's exactly what it's supposed to be. It's the first ale on the podcast. Um, I would like to try a stout like this and see how that yeah, yeah. messes It'd with It'd be my the brain. same sort of uh, texture, mm-hmm. you know, with, with, with a British stout. Um, I mean, that's pretty much an atypical. That's creamy. It's pretty much atypical ale. I mean, that is the most typical ale you, you can get in the UK. Um, that's delicious, yeah. And from what I understand, they take the casks and they age them in the basement until maturity. Exactly. And exactly. it's up to and you need to let, And you need to let them settle. Yeah. If you don't let them settle, they'll explode. Really? <laughs> yeah, so uh-huh. you need to leave them usually for a few days. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, th- these are brewed up about 3.8 APV. That's kind of a typical for a, for a pale ale or IPA. Um, we call them session beers. Yes. Which means you can drink a lot of them and <laughs> not get too pissed. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Exactly. Because <laughs> we got to play later. <laughs> Want to be enough. Um, let's talk about beer. Uh, do you remember your first experiences with beer as growing up? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, to be honest, I mean, where I'm from in Mid Wales is quite a big drinking culture. Um, I'm from like a, a very small village. So I was, it sounds really bad, but I was generally going to the pub when I was about 14 years old. Okay. Um, yeah. The laws over here are a little bit more laxed. Well, they were back then anyway. They're a little bit stronger now. But So it wasn't that kind of um, unfamiliar to see young kids really going to the pub with their parents or older brothers and sisters and whatever. Um, but I didn't really get into, I started off with cider actually. Okay, yeah. Um, so cider was the first thing I really started drinking. Then I got into lager. Um, it was only really when I hit about 19, 20. I started really heavily getting into into ale, into the craft beers. Yeah, it's and more crafts and yeah. ales. And you know. do you remember like the brewery that really turned you? Um, Witchwood Brewery, Hob- Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin. That, that was yeah. the, the, the first one because I was never really into into dark beers. Um, going from cider to lager is like you know quite like refreshing beers. I just do when you're usually young. And there was a friend of mine that turned me onto Hobgoblin, which is a which is a dark ale. It's kind of it's a very staple, famous. Um, ale in the UK. They've, they've, the, the, the brewery's actually been bought out recently. Well, I say recently, it's a few years ago. Um, it was a Witchwood Brewery in Oxford, Oxfordshire, and they got bought out by um, Braxbeer. Um, so the recipe's slightly changed, but it's an absolutely fantastic beer. Very, very hoppy, very dark. Um, oh, you should wow. try and try some I have to get my hand on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, Blood, you know Bloodstock Festival? The, no, no, no. So Blood, Bloodstock Festival in the UK, which is obviously one of the biggest extreme metal festivals. Um, they actually have a tent there every year. Okay, if so I, if if I, I ever play, play there, I will make my way there. Yeah. 
We're sitting outside, so it's a natural Manchester background atmosphere going on. So, uh, you know, you guys will have to deal with that. Yeah, it's not raining. <laughs> I mean, it's trying, but, you know, it's, cl- it's close yeah, it's, been, it's been like this the whole tour. Just That's like it. an overcast sky, slightly raining, but yeah. not necessarily raining whenever I want to go do something. So, but so. when we came back from America, I mean, I mean, we were surprised because we, I mean, we had to prepare for like a three-month-long tour, really. Um, so, you know, preparing all our clothes and whatever for, for the, all the weather conditions we'll have to go through. Um, but America was, was roasting the entire time, even towards the end of November. It was, like, was hot. It was like 25 degrees oh, Celsius, yeah. um, which is, you know, which is warm. And we were like, when's it going to actually chill out? As soon as we got to the UK. There you go. Back to normal. <laughs> well, what, what is your favorite thing about touring? Um, meeting people. Yeah. I think meeting meet cool people like yourself. Um, it, it's nice to hang out. You know, it's, it's nice to make new friends on tour. And, you know, you don't get to, get to see people that often. Like, we've toured with the Bolton before. Um, Christian Donaldson obviously mixed our, our last two albums. Um, we met him in person in Montreal um, uh, a few months ago. So it's nice to actually, like, share some real time with him. Um, it's just you know, you know, it's just cool being on the road. You know, I mean, it can be hard work sometimes. You know, it can be stressful, but there's always beer available. <laughs> sometimes food. <laughs> what, what, what would be the worst thing about touring? Um, I, I say traveling between shows. Is, is, it can be tough, especially when you're out in in places like America, where you've got. 12-hour drives, 15-hour drives. It, it can take take its toll on you. But, I mean, generally speaking, I mean, I mean, we've got used to it now. I mean, we've done probably about 150 shows this year. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, since about April, so... I mean, we're pretty fucked. <laughs> I mean, physically. You must, be, you must be tired. Yeah, we yeah, can't, yeah. can't wait to go. But, I mean... But, I mean, you, you know how it is. You do it in stages. You kind of... You know, we started this tour on October 19th, but it's like, okay, we've got the first leg in America and then the second leg's in Europe, um, the UK. And then we're like, okay, and then we think about the next one. So you, if you think of it in all in one go, you're going you're gonna to stress yourself out. So you, you, have very, to, you have to break it up. You get very depressed. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about you growing up. Um, when did music become a priority in your life? Um, really, it was my, my dad that got me into drums, um, into bands like Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin. Um, Thin Lizzy Things like that I was just going Typical dad Dad music <laughs> <laughs> um, And from there I kind of got Found my own path Got into uh, More into grunge actually Originally um, Alice in Chains Nirvana um, And then from there When I first heard The uh, The Self-titled Slipknot album That was what really Changed everything for me really I think I, I think for me I was Because I'm 31 now It was It came out At the perfect age for me um, so when that album came out, it kind of unleashed a whole barrage of extreme music that I can get into. So then I got into Slayer, Cannibal Corpse, you know, Nile, everything else from there. So. And you always wanted to be a drummer? Yeah, I mean, my dad was a drummer, so... Okay. Yeah, so it was. I actually begged him to get his kit, get his drum kit down from the attic when I was about 12. Um, and he wouldn't do it for, for ages. He's like, no, I, no I, I can't be bothered doing it, I don't want to do it. I was like, yeah, come please, Dad, please, Dad, bring it down. So anyway, he got it down and that was it then. I've been playing ever since. I wish I chose to be simpler. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit less pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Who were some early drummers that really inspired you? Was it- John Bonham. Yeah. Originally, John Bonham was was the first guy, and I was like, ah oh, man, this guy is just insane. Um, I, I still think now, I think what he plays or what he did play was, is, is completely relevant to a lot of techniques that people still use. Um, I think from there on, I think Nick Barker from Doom Bugger, uh, who's a big influence on me. Uh, Paul Bostaff, Slayer. Um, and then you know, you've got the newer guys a little bit later on from that, like um, Tony Lourinho from from the Nile on the, in the Dark and Shrines. Flo Monnier, who's your drummer, big influence <laughs> back in the day as well. You know, especially with his blasting technique and things like that. I kind of 
Yeah, stole a little bit. <laughs> we're, we're inspired by. Yeah, yeah, yeah inspired, not stole. <laughs> Something uh, the most interesting I think of, I find about your band is that you guys have been together for 12 years, and you're all original members still. Yeah, it's pretty unusual, isn't it? Yeah, it's very unusual. Yeah, yeah. So what what is the secret? I don't know, you know. I, I, I mean, I mean, we we have had some changes live when some people can't, some people can't do tours. Like I, I've missed out on one or two tours over the years. Um, we got a couple of fill-ins, but generally, I don't think the band would work without without any of us. I think we've just got a, a, a chemistry there, especially when it comes to writing and, and touring. There's no way a normal band could tour this much this year without killing each other. And don't get me wrong, we've come close, but we know how to kind of you know set the tone and. and not get too carried away with, with arguments and things like that we, we, we're so used to each other's company that we can have formal arguments you probably heard them on the bus sometimes <laughs> and, but, but we're fine the next day it's absolutely fine you know. And we have that kind of relationship and chemistry with each other So it's, like, it's almost like a family it really is yeah. it really is you guys yeah. love and hate each other at the same time and the rest of the, I mean I'm the only one that doesn't actually live in Manchester but um, the rest of the guys live so close to, to each other it, they hang out it's when like Coronation Street and honestly. they hang out off tour too no I don't think so no no I don't I mean, I think they probably do sometimes, but I, I think they just want to see their families <laughs> to be honest with you, when they come off tour. So, yeah, so it's only me that lives away from Manchester. So, what would be like a dream tour for Ingest? Package-wise, yeah. On a personal level, or, or for the band, <laughs> you could do both. Okay, so for me. Uh, I would usually say Prince, but he died a couple of years ago, didn't he? That's yeah. <laughs> um, just someone, someone to tour with, just for the experience. Um, I say for the band. I mean, I mean to be honest, Slipknot's obviously probably the, the ultimate tour to, to be on. Um, I think what bands would suit us. I think Dying Fetus. We've never actually toured with Dying Fetus. Um, I think that should be something that should be on the cards at some point. Um, Despised Icon would be very cool. Uh, we're very good friends with, with Spies Icon and again we've, it's a band that we've never really toured with so that'd be very cool um, yeah I mean I mean, to be honest I mean if you would have asked me a couple of years ago I would have said Cannibal Corpse Nile Suffocation Cryptopsy and we've kind of completed that <laughs> in the <laughs> so last couple of years so I'm on, like yeah. okay where's the next <laughs> no, that's <laughs> always what it is exactly yeah, yeah. exactly. never satisfied always more yeah that's uh, the, the artist the artist's curse yeah you got to yeah. stay hungry though what uh, is your absolute Horror tour story. Worst thing that's ever happened to you guys on tour? Um, oh, that's a good question. There's been a lot. Um, so I think what I can say and what I can't say. <laughs> can keep a PC. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I'm trying to go. I'm trying to rifle through all of them at the moment. Even this year, we've done so many. Um, I mean, we had, we had a time at the end of Summer Slaughter uh, where the last week Sam couldn't complete the tour uh, because he, he, he fell really ill um, and he had to he had to leave the tour. Really? Yeah, so we had to do the rest of that tour with, with just one guitarist. Oh, that's so Sean, had to, make, Sean yeah. had to play both, both parts. Um, so that was pretty bad. I mean, like, I mean, we're usually pretty cool, to be honest. I mean, we're usually pretty cool, so... How have you evolved your drumming over the years? Um, I think I think by playing with a lot of killer drummers, to be honest, and just watching them, um, I've, I've actually simplified a lot of, a lot of things that I do now nowadays. Um, I used to be all about speed, like just oh, I need to be fucking playing at 300 BPM like all the time. How do I how do I get to that that level? This level, you know, you can hear that if you listen to our first album compared to our most recent one. There's like a gravity blast in every song. 
<laughs> like the, you know, the blast beats are like 280 through 310 BPM, like pretty much all the time. And then this last one, you know, there's there's no gravity blast actually at all. I've kind of you, you can kind of see what what I've done with my drumming if you listen to the albums, like you know, in in order. Um, you can see that we've become more focused. I try, I try to write more catchy parts now instead of just trying to impress, like trying to create mem- memorable parts, um, even things that are quite simple. I mean, Inferno from Behemoth, I, I toured with Behemoth a few years ago and I thought he was incredible to watch just because of his, his, his writing ability. And just, he would, he would play something that wouldn't be that complicated, but it just stick in your head. Yeah. Even, even more than a riff sometimes, it just stick yeah. in your head, like just little China parts, um, like little ride parts. And I kind of took a little took a little bit of notice of that, and I was like, okay, actually, he's doing something quite clever here, where he's taking a step back from, you know, he's taking a step back from the riff and actually doing something, you know, a little bit more interesting, a little bit more reserved, but still, you know, still musically, you know, creative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and letting the music breathe. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Who do you think is the best modern drummer active today? I think the guy we're on tour with is, is up there, Kemba Dean. Yeah, yeah, he's really solid. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, when we, I mean, we did the aborted American tour here this year. I don't think I've seen him make a mistake in two tours. Like, yeah. he's, he's insanely good. And he plays in Crocs. He's nuts. He's nuts. And it's not even his first instrument. He plays, he plays guitar. Yeah. yeah. He's just sick guitarist. Yeah. I hate people like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, who is the next big metal band, in your opinion? Um, I think from the UK, I think Malevolence. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think they're, they're going to be doing big things. Um, elsewhere... Uh, we toured with Body Snatcher actually. Okay. Um, we've done a couple of tours with Body Snatcher there. Not really a death metal band. They've got death metal elements, but they're more of a beatdown hardcore band. Okay. okay. Um, they're incredible live. Very, very, very good. It's like being punched in the face for half an hour. Um, I think they'll they'll do big things next year. Um, I toured with so many bands now. It's, it's impossible to think. Um, I mean, Behemoth are doing an amazing job. I mean, like I said, I toured with them a few years ago in 2012. And their stage show from then until now, we, we did a festival for Metal Days um, in the summer. It's just unreal, man. It's just... And they've got the same crew, pretty much. I was, like, speaking to the guys, I was like, oh, you know, you're still, like, the same four guys, still the same drum tech, same lighting guy, and, like, the, the stage show is unbelievable. It's just... It's just next level. Next yeah, they, level they invested in the band, yeah. and it's paid off yeah. in the long run. They're definitely the biggest metal band from Europe right now I can't think of another one oh, that's as big as them yeah. no. it was Cannibal Corpse from the States and but the Cannibal Corpse is like the, the other the opposite the that's other the, side the, of the, the stripped down yeah. show no lights yeah. just red light and that's it that's it yeah. Okay? Yeah. and it's equally as entertaining it's yeah, insane yeah. I, I mean there's, there's no other band like Cannibal Corpse no no <laughs> <laughs> what is the achievement that you're most proud of I think we're not quite completed this year but I think when we get to the end of this year I think that'll be a massive achievement for us doing this many shows consecutively um, on the back of an album that actually hit the Billboard charts for the first time so I mean that as well that, I think that gave us a big big lift when we when we started touring in April we were like oh wow this is actually seems like it's worth it now it's worth putting the hours in to do this you know because we, we had such an amazing reception from, from this album um, you know it's, it's given us that it's given us some energy to, to, to do it um, so yeah we're, we're proud about that what is one misstep you wish you could take back um, I think we made a mistake on our second album Surreption um, I think we 
tried to experiment a bit too much too early um, and it came back to, to bite us on the ass. to be honest um, we tried some different things production wise like try and strip it down and like because the, the, the first album we found was quite uh, overproduced especially for its time as well and the type of music because we were doing quite underground brutal slamming death metal and it was fairly well produced um, and then we got quite a lot of criticism for that because I, don't, I think it was a little bit ahead of its time to be honest because we were taking notes of bands like Beneath the Massacre uh, Despised Icon but no other band in our scene at that point was really doing super well produced albums um, so we tried to strip it back on the second album and it we just timed it completely wrong completely wrong so we kind of shelved that album and we, oh, took, yeah. and we actually took a break for it for a while um, we didn't do anything for about two years after that album because it just just to flopped. regroup it, it just flopped completely um, Fun, funny story about that album I had just toured with Cattle yeah and Dave McGraw is a huge Surreption fan no way so I go home <laughs> and I try to download this Surreption album and I ended up downloading Surreption <laughs> by Ingested <laughs> and I was like this is not the band <laughs> Anyways, sorry, I cut you off. What do you think of it? Uh, I didn't listen to it for too long. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I, can't, I can't listen to it. I, I cannot listen to it. It just annoys me. The production isn't there. I mean, I think if we probably re-recorded it and did something different vocally and structured the songs a little bit better, I think it could be okay. But yeah, we just we just made a mistake with it. And like I said, for two years, we didn't really do anything. We didn't really do anything for two years. We didn't tour. We played a couple of a couple of shows, but only in the UK, really. You know, maybe a show in Belgium here and there, but we didn't redo really anything. Um, and then when we brought out the EP, uh, Reverend by No One Fear By All, it was a four-track EP. Uh, we did that in 2013, I believe. We were on the on the brink of just like quitting the band and just be like, okay, it's not worth it anymore. And we brought out the EP, and it just gave us a massive rejuvenation. And that kind of kicked us on then to do the album and then the most recent one as well. So. That's it. It's uh, that that drive. Yeah. You know how it yeah. is. You, know, you have ebbs and flows all the time. That's it. It's Especially when you've been for like 10 plus years. It's all the original members. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best piece of advice you could give to someone who's starting to play drums today? Um, don't, overcomplicate, don't overcomplicate your setup. Because I made the mistake of doing that. Um, and when you become a fully touring artist and doing it all the time you just end up stripping back I, I, I actually had the same conversation with Flo yesterday um, Flo Monnier from Cryptopsy and we were just talking about that <laughs> he was just like I started off with like you know his kits used to be millions of symbols like toms everywhere and he's like oh just fuck this like what's the fucking point I was like exactly exactly yeah, I, did, yeah, we'll I did the exact same thing cut down on crew uh, yeah, yeah, we keep absolutely. it all in house absolutely uh, he, but, I think every tour he takes something else away yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean apart from that I mean I mean Always think about the music. Only do what, what is necessary for the riffs. You know, I mean, the, the riffs and the vocals are, are, are up front for a reason. You know, mm. I see a lot of drums do things too complicated. You know, sometimes and it and it's impressive, but it doesn't really add anything to a show. It, it kind of takes away from stuff. It, it takes, of, takes away the impact sometimes. So it like blurs the song. Almost, yeah, and, yeah. You know, and we yeah. and we were guilty of that for for, for a long a long, t- long time. So. I think just simplifying things and just making things work in, in the correct way. You know, be, be thoughtful. Flo always gets a lot of shit because he doesn't have two kick drums, which I find is ridiculous. Yeah, like, like people like to show up to a show and get impressed because there's two kick drums yeah, there yeah. when half the time it doesn't matter. it's a double pedal on. Exactly. Well, half, One half the drums yeah. play two kicks and have a double pedal on. Anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Secrets. Yeah. <laughs> Unveiled. <laughs> I won't tell you who. Even I've got a few in my head. <laughs> Do you have any guilty music vices? Well, I listen to yeah 
Um, uh, no, I've got I'm nothing guilty, but I, t- I tell you what, I'm massive into at the moment is a lot of synth pop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gunship, uh, The Midnight, um, Abstract Void, um, a lot of the, the kind of synth synth pop bands that have just come out in the last few years, all that kind of retro wave. It's kind of it's it's on in our van a, a lot actually because we don't listen, listen to metal much on tour. Um, I don't know whether it's the same for you guys, but there, there's no space for metal. We just take we as soon as we are not playing the show, that's it. I mean, we might have the odd day where we're like, oh, we'll have a Pantera day or something. Yeah, you know, if we're yeah. fucking drinking and whatever. But generally, we listen to podcasts. We listen to you know, pop music. Might be Prince, Bjork, you know, whatever it may be. But yeah, we kind of we're not the metal people that. A lot of people want, I guess. They want you and expect <laughs> yeah. you to That's be. That's the same with a lot of bands. You know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not the first person to mention The Midnight on, on the oh, podcast. Mate, it's yeah, yeah. amazing, that last album. Yeah, really good. It's, um, it's, it's a very loud environment that we live yeah, in. Yeah, it is. And to be barraged with that much aggressive music throughout the show. Yeah. Through changeovers, and nothing drives me more crazy than I'm, I'm like building up the, the kit before, before, and they're playing like Deicide or yeah, something. Yeah. It's like, can we just put something on Zen in between the, when, when the, we the headline, metal bands? We yeah. have it as a rule, like, we, we literally give them a playlist to go just play this. We yeah. don't want any yeah. metal. No, we, actually, you can play whatever you want, just no metal. <laughs> yeah, just no metal. It's, yeah. it's, it's too much. It's, yeah, uh, we just don't want it. So uh, I'm going to go home and I'm going to check out all the releases which I've missed. Yeah. <laughs> the, the metal releases. Although I did enjoy uh, Psychroptic, which came out. While oh, I was on tour. Yeah. One of my favorite bands to tour yeah, with, actually. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're amazing, amazing guys. The Haley's, yeah. Yeah, incredible yeah. life. Jason, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Todd Stern as well. Yeah. He did a whole tour without drinking, you know. I'm impressed. Yeah. Mate, I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They actually, all of them did. Yeah, yeah I heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was unbelievable. Like, yeah, but. I would like to challenge myself to do that one day. <laughs> yeah, for that. <laughs> it would be a very boring I can't do podcast. It week. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that, that album's really good, man. Yeah, 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 really yeah, yeah. Very, very good. All the weird vocal harmonies in the back there. And what else? Yeah. What else you can check yeah. out? Who else am I going to check out? Yeah, or, yeah. Or have I checked out? I really didn't give Hate Eternal a, a, a good, good listen. I'm not, I'm not listening to that yet. Yeah, because I was on tour and it's just too much. Uh, who's, I really who's re- on it actually because I know they got Longstreth now, haven't they? I don't live. know who tracked it, but yeah. I know Longstreth is he's doing live, live now. Yeah. I really like the new Ocean Collective, the Ocean there. I'm a yeah, yeah. Like fan of theirs, so that hit me right in the right spot there. The ocean, yeah, yeah very I actually, much. So, I actually yeah. was Precambrian for the first time in about five or six years the other day. Really? Yeah, because I just completely forgot about it. I was, oh, it just came up on spot. I was, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll check it out again. We were loading into uh, Berlin, and uh, my sound man went to go get a coffee, and he saw a nightliner, yeah, yeah. unloading their shit, and it was the ocean. No way. <laughs> unloading because they had just finished a tour. They were loading their shit into their lo- their jam pad, and uh, have you seen them live? I have never seen them. Live. They're very, very good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're incredible. I'll have to put that on my list. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, they are good. And uh, he knows them because uh, one of the members lives in Mallorca and Mega's from Mallorca. Same and thing. you live in Mallorca. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that. What, what, what spawned the transition yeah, so, from I mean, the UK to Mallorca? I, I've lived in so many places in the UK. Um, like I said, I'm from, from Wales originally. Uh, I moved up to Manchester when I was about 18, which is how I met the Ingested Boys. Um, I lived here for about just under a year. Um, I lived in Birmingham for a while I lived in Oxford for a while um, I lived in London for nearly 10 years um, and then from London after being there for 10 years I kind of wanted to get away because it's quite a it's an amazing city to live in but it's quite stressful um, so we moved to Swansea which is where my family's originally from 
Um, so we, me and my girlfriend moved there. My girlfriend's from Mallorca. Uh, we lived there for about a year and a half. Um, and then when we decided to do the band full-time this year in, in April, she was like, well, if you're going to be away so much, you know, I would kind of like to go back home and, and be around my family meet family and my friends I was like well, okay that sounds better than fucking South Wales <laughs> there, there, are all, there are only a few good answers when you're on tour when you're talking to your loved ones and most, most of the time it's yes oh yeah I agree and you're right <laughs> <laughs> exactly sorry Jess <laughs> yeah she was like Do you want, you know, I, I want to be back to Mallorca I was like well <laughs> that sounds good to me so. and it's actually easy it's actually it's actually cheaper to get a flight from Mallorca to Manchester than it is to get a train from Swansea to Manchester wow and it's quicker it's two and a half hours on a train it's five and a half <laughs> oh, you can't go wrong so yeah. it's alright yeah <laughs> so you decided to do full time that means everyone quit their jobs everyone's quit their jobs everyone what, what were you guys doing work Wise. Most of us were working in restaurants. Um, I used to manage restaurants in London. I used to manage the vegan vegetarian restaurant for a few years. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, um, Sean was a postman. Um, Brad used to work at the sorting office, the post office. Post office. Um, Sam was a chef. Uh, Jay was a general manager at a restaurant as well in Manchester. Um, so we, we all had kind of unsociable hours within work. So we could always kind of make the band work in a certain sense, but... You can never really get that time off that you need, so we made the plunge. How do you feel it will affect your relationship and your writing relationship with the band being in Mallorca? Uh, we're, we're actually recording in Mallorca. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, we, we, we've got something coming up, I won't say what, okay. but we've got something coming up and we will actually be tracking drums and vocals in Mallorca. Good. Um, we do guitars ourselves anyway. Okay. Um, but to be honest, I mean, because I've always lived so far away, I mean, our writing process is usually... I mean, Sean writes the majority of the riffs, to be honest. Um, and he'll have a map in his head of how he wants things to go. And then we'll get together, usually when we're on tour, um, and actually just program some drums. Really? And demo it that way while we're on the road. Um, we've already done a few on, on this tour. Really? Um, and then we just go home and learn it, and then get back into the studio. We might play one or two live, so we get comfortable with it, and that's it, really. So the, our writing process has always been the same. So that's great. That's really good work ethic. I've, on tour, I find cryptops we can't focus on. Yeah, writing oh, no, material. I mean, yeah, yeah, it is. It is hard. We have to really. Yeah, motivate ourselves which is it. why it took so long in between the two EPs because we just yeah. toured so much that I think it depends on your situation yeah. as well I, 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 I feel like we find it easy when we're touring in a van in Europe because we're in such close proximity we're facing each other you know we've got all the, the sound system in, in the van anyway and we can get our laptops out and we just work we can just work in that circle where when you're on a bus you're kind of floating around everywhere some people are drinking some people are going to bed um, in America it's slightly different than you know, how the vans are over there so we usually do most of it when we're in Europe. To be honest. That's that's very 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 excellent work ethic. I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> so what do you guys have coming up? Um, so yeah, the, the secret the secret thing that you can't tell me about. Yeah, so we, yeah, straight out of this tour, we're going to Europe with um, extermination, dismemberment, and stillbirth. So we're doing uh, about two weeks, I think, in Europe, and then we're going to take a month off, um, and then we have um, in January we've got a three day tour in the UK. And that is pretty much all we have booked at the moment. Well, I, that's all I can say we've got booked. Okay, yeah. Next year's going to be very similar to this year. Let's put it that way. Excellent, <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, thank you for sitting down with me. Thank you You're for uh, showing me this nice 
Real Ale. Yeah. My first uh, foray into well, Real first Ale. Time, first time I've had this one, so yeah, yeah. I mean, this is about as typical as you can get. It's, it's so. delicious. It's delicious. Thank you for everything, and uh, cheers. You're welcome. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so much for listening to Vox and Hops episode number 20 with Lynn. I had a great time uh, sitting at that Knot pub, uh, brought back some fond memories uh, sitting up there on the outside patio, the terrace, as we would say up here in Quebec. And uh, I apologize for some of the background noises that was going on throughout the episode. Uh, I remember being frustrated with this group of dudes that just like came and set themselves up right next to us, smoking their cigarettes and chatting really loud while I'm conducting a podcast interview with the dude but you know it is what it is and uh i'm happy with the end results uh and lynn is an interesting dude i'm still baffled at the fact that they're all original members that they've all quit their jobs so that they could uh, focus on the band 100 percent. i uh, commend them for that uh, they have a lot of uh, drive and they have a lot of uh dedication to the band, uh, writing on the road, getting stuff done, being productive. I'm uh, envious and uh, proud of them for being able to accomplish that. Up next on the podcast, I recently, just this week, sat down with uh, my bassist from Cryptopsy. He is also the bassist of uh, Cattle Decapitation, as well as a new project called Acurian, which I hopefully see the light of day shortly. It is my bassist from Cryptopsy, Monsieur Ali Pinard. And uh, we sat down this past Monday at uh, one of the best, if not the best, tap rooms of Montreal called Vis Versa. They have um, a ridiculously amount of good, great beer on tap, uh, which rotates frequently. We had a great chat about, uh, you know, his love of wrestling, uh, all of the bands that he's a part of and everything that he's got coming up. Um, We talk about uh, some silly cryptopsy anecdotes that, uh, you know, we probably shouldn't share, but we did. So all that and more coming up next week on Vox and Hops, episode number 21 with all Pinard. If you uh, enjoy this podcast, if you uh, like what you're hearing, uh, do me a favor, go and rate it five stars where you can rate the podcast because it will be easier for people to find the podcast if they're looking for it. And uh, if you want to share it, um, subscribe to it. I would appreciate that greatly. Uh, I want to thank everyone that is listening to the podcast. Uh, There's no podcast if it wasn't for all of you. uh, uh, The continual support that I'm receiving is uh, greatly appreciated. And I'm in awe uh, every week that more and more people are downloading the episodes or sharing the episodes. So a big shout out to all of you who are doing that. I hope you guys have a great week. Drink some great beers. Spend some time with your family, your friends, and uh, your loved ones. All the best, and I'll see you next week. Cheers. Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? 
I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Okay.